The Weekly Driver Podcast is presented by americantrucks.com. americantrucks.com is staffed by passionate professionals who thrive to provide you with the best Ford F-150, Dodge Ram 1500, Chevrolet Silverado 1500, and GMC Sierra 1500 aftermarket parts and accessories, all available at the best prices. Visit www.americantrucks.com. The Weekly Driver Podcast also gets support from the podcast Off Track. James Hinchcliffe and Alexander Rossi, top drivers in the Verizon IndyCar series, are co-hosts of the Pop Culture and General Interest Sports Podcast. They provide unique perspectives as drivers racing their way to the upper echelon of open-wheel racing. Guests include top performers in many industries, including John Green, Pat McAfee, Tony Stewart, and Jeff Ross. Hincliffe and Rossi, who have also been reality TV stars, discuss their whirlwind schedule and provide racing updates. Listen to Off Track today on Apple iTunes and on all other major podcast platforms. Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am an automotive columnist for the Bay Area News Group. My colleague is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have a guest, special guest, Steve Pavolny. And Steve, I read an article about you uh, in a business magazine that I, I was fascinated by. My sister actually mailed it to me. And it's all about ways in which your car can be hacked. So we want to welcome you to our program, uh, the Weekly Driver Podcast. How are you today, sir? Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Doing very well. Yeah, it's a very interesting area of research and uh, one we're excited to talk about. Great. We're looking at this uh, uh, copy of this cover piece. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, it was in a business magazine and it, it, it's a, a picture of a car and it shows, I don't know, a dozen, maybe almost a dozen places in which a car can get hacked. So could you give us a quick overview about where the world is, uh, are we, and in, in with modern technology and all these things that cars have, and, and what's going on in the field, if that's not too general of a question? No, it, it's spot on, and and, um, and kind of the last few years alone, we've seen a pretty significant move in the attack surface for vehicles. Uh, so pretty much every new vehicle that comes on the market now, for the last several years at least, has some kind of smart capabilities or features, and, and certainly many of those have a networking component to them. Uh, you think about your, your Tesla, if your Tesla owner is now controlled, uh, instead of a physical key, you actually use your cell phone to uh, remote start and potentially drive the car um, to unlock the doors and uh, and pretty much every other feature that, that you use normally in your vehicle. So what we've seen is as as more vehicles, uh, new vehicles come onto the market and they contain uh, additional smart features and, and great pieces of technology, uh, those do come with a pretty heavy security concern. And, and those areas, specifically the ones that can be attacked over a network, are the ones that, uh, that we're interested in, that the security research community is interested in, but also I think where the innovation is for the bad guys as an attack surface. So more and more new cars are being networked um, what's the term you use? They're, they're network controlled, right? Yeah, n- network capable at least. So you, you think about, um, there's a concept called vehicle to X or V2X. And this is the idea that a vehicle is pretty much beginning to be able to connect to everything around it, whether it's vehicle to pedestrian, vehicle to cloud, vehicle to infrastructure, uh, connecting to the, the roadways around it, uh, to other vehicles um, on the road, 
to uh, your cell phone, as we talked about, and to the cloud for some of the internet-capable applications. Uh, all of this is, you know, networked, uh, you know, over-the-air type of data transfer, and this is really beginning to widen, you know, what is becoming now this large mobile attack space on wheels, a bunch of computers driving around on wheels that can connect to each other, and, uh, and it becomes a more and more interesting and relevant kind of target uh, for a determined attacker. And the, the concept of, of security for uh, computer security for vehicles, you know, is something that's relatively new to the industry. You know, it's been it's been looked at since probably 2014, 2015, when we saw the first kind of public uh, attempt to uh, to to control a vehicle remotely um, with two security researchers, Charlie Miller and Chris Valasek. Um, who were able to, to take over a Jeep Grand Cherokee actually remotely and 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 pretty much control every component of it. Um, they attacked what's called the infotainment center or system, uh, which is kind of that entertainment center that connects to the Internet uh, from inside your vehicle, and, and most modern cars have that. Uh, that's continued now in the last two years. We've seen um, security researchers compromise different components of the, the Tesla uh, in both 2016 and 2017. And within the uh, McAfee Advanced Threat Research Team, which is the team that I run, uh, we're really looking at, at two different vectors. One is the complex algorithms um, called machine learning that are employed by the sensors on the vehicle, from your radar to your LIDAR to your camera systems to your proximity detection. Uh, almost all modern vehicles have multiples of these sensors, and the sensors process large volumes of, of data which, if interpreted improperly, um, can, can cause the vehicle to make uh, adverse decisions. So that's one vector we're looking at. The second vector is actually looking at the sensors and the vehicle networks themselves, as I discussed earlier, and, and looking, are there flaws, are there weaknesses that can be leveraged to compromise the vehicle remotely? I see. So what you're talking about is it could apply the brakes if, if the sensors were given hacked data or something. It could apply the brakes when you don't want to put the brakes on. Or it could steer to, to keep it in a lane when maybe you don't want to be in the lane or whatever, right? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. So aut autonomous and connected vehicles now re rely on the physical environment around them to create uh, digital signals, which these sensors process to make decisions. So your example of uh, is a great one. One of the ones that we show in our research lab here is, you know, a video a video camera system on board your vehicle is constant constantly sampling and taking pictures of the the physical environment around it and the demo that that we've actually built is tricking the uh, sensor uh, into misclassifying a stop sign for example as a speed limit sign or a pedestrian crossing sign and we've proven that by modifying that kind of digital input to that sensor we can actually cause the sensor to misclassify the sign as something whatever we want it to be in a targeted class now there's all sorts of, of uh, systems that need to work together to kind of enforce and determine the driving policy. So that, that's not necessarily a uh, don't ever get in your car again type of, of real world scenario, but it does kind of indicate or um, you know highlight, illuminate some of the problem space around just a lack of understanding and security around some of the complex systems and algorithms deployed in cars today. Steve, uh as an automotive columnist, I'm supposed to know a little bit about this, and I'm trying to learn, and, and Bruce knows more than I do, but if, if, if you're the average person in a car and, and you have a Honda Accord or you have a Toyota pickup truck or whatever you have, what do you recommend for the average person to understand about this 
um, who's not a scientist or a research person who has vast expertise like you have, what would you recommend a, a person look into if they're just concerned as a, a member of the general public um, about their ever advancing vehicles? That's a that's a great question, and and I think it's a fair one. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that uh, everyone in the world goes out and stu- studies the inter- intricacies of uh, advanced machine learning concepts or yes. how the how the sensors on your vehicle actually work and interpret data. Um, I, I think that's a little bit more of a niche category. However, I think raising the general awareness for the public that these type of issues do exist, um, and and as a society, kind of holding uh, the vendors and and manufacturers and implementers of uh, in the automotive space a little bit more accountable for uh, for the security of vehicles and and um, uh, just in general I think raises the overall bar um, in terms of our understanding of the problem space so I, I think um, I think there is some good visibility in the, in the industry here uh, from the consumer standpoint you know one of the things that we'd like to do is just be able to broaden that perspective a little bit and show you know this is what you know the bad guys are looking at and looking for and if we can be them to the punch and we can uh, you know uh, if we can actually cause these um, uh, car systems to be developed in a more secure more reliable way i think that's a, a big win at the end of the day let's take something simple like keyless entry what what can a bad guy do with that how can he hack it or what what's he do well this goes back um decades the concept of keyless, keyless entry and and if you want to just um, you know you could buy a really cheap software defined radio we actually have one in our lab here where we show um, just a simple what we call a replay attack and the concept here is um, prior to I think 2010 most vehicles used um, static codes from the key fob to unlock the car and that meant the code didn't necessarily change every time you push the unlock or lock button so for an attacker, it's actually really, really easy to take a very cheap, low-end um, radio, capture that signal, and replay it at their whim. Now, post-2010, um, you know, the bar was raised a little bit because we have something called rolling codes in uh, almost all vehicles now, where the code is uh, supposedly changes every single time that button is pressed. Uh, they're not completely immune to replay attacks, but uh, you know, we work with local law enforcement quite a bit. Um, and in fact, we had them in the other day kind of explaining replay attacks on this on this keyless entry type of uh, attack vector and you know one of the one of the reasons we started looking at it was because there was a bunch of break-ins a string of break-ins in our area into vehicles with no signs of damage or forced entry some of the stuff you'd normally see with with robberies Uh, and and we said hey you know this might be something you want to look at if a lot of these vehicles are slightly older you know eight eight or ten years old or so or or even more so um, they're they're very uh, subject to these types of replay attacks and they're extremely simple to to pull off from uh, from an attacker's perspective so um, nowadays that the I'd say that it's getting better you have a, uh, a, a with the with the strength in rolling codes and um, hopefully some encryption uh, on some of the more secure protocols that are used to unlock vehicles uh, I would say the bar has gotten higher but uh, certainly not immune to this type of attack still so so our uh, garage doors were are way ahead of the cars 
initially, garage right? Doors. Because uh, they got rolling, rolling codes, codes for now. years. Yep, exactly. You're right. And it's the exact same concept, um, uh, the exact same compl- concept and implementation. You could uh, uh, capture and replay a rolling code. Um, there, there's also this concept of an applic- amplification attack, which is uh, something that has not been solved to my knowledge today, where you can use an actual signal amplifier to 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 change or raise the distance that this attack might be effective instead of 30 to 50 feet something like that for a standard key fob uh, you can raise it significantly with a signal amplifier and actually um, have a remote attack that that is uh, many hundreds of feet or, or more away um, and, and actually capturing the signal that's constantly going out from your car uh, to your key fob and vice versa. So amplification attacks uh, are still very, very uh, prevalent uh, type of uh, threat today. Steve, Steve uh, going back to the, the general interest uh, component of this, Bruce and I have been um, learned a lot in recent years going to the LA Auto Show. And I think two or three years ago now, they, they've they uh, put the front end of the show to automobility. And it's, uh, it's a lot of things that are, you're talking about in other areas that are into the tech world and, and all the infotainment stuff, and it's all under one, uh, uh, literally under one roof of, of part of the LA Auto Show. What would you suggest a member of the public if they're buying a new car? Are there seminars or things that they can uh, look on the internet? Or how, do, how does a member of the public who's buying a new car um, become educated? That's a great Great question, and I don't think it's a simple answer. Um, you know, how do you decide what you buy, where the uh, exposures could be, and who, who carries the most threat? Is not something that we can easily answer today. Uh, many cars uh, contain the same categories of weakness. Um, you know, and, and many different uh, automotive manufacturers implement third-party components across uh, uh, different vehicles. So uh, I, I don't think it'd be fair to, to name names as far as vendors uh, and say that one is more prone to problems than the other. I think for the average consumer, it's a question of, you know, do you see the company investing in security, partnering with security companies, uh, releasing uh, updates for security issues quickly and is the trade-off of potentially having you know more and more technology on board on your vehicle uh, you know worth the potential downside of, of an attack scenario now the upside to the doom and gloom for the for the average consumer for this concept is that we really haven't seen much in the real world type of attacks against uh, vehicles much less autonomous vehicles or or what we call you know connected vehicles um, and, and I think that's because the motivation factor isn't there there's just a lot more low-hanging fruit for for cyber criminals uh, in terms of ransomware and malware and um, some of the more common threats that we see. You know, the type of attacks that we're talking about you know, would really would require some significant investment and a pretty high, you know, risk reward scenario for for um, for a determined attacker. Uh, but what we we'll want to show is that as we look five, ten years in the future, and we no longer just have a handful of these vehicles on the road, we now have a giant distributed network that all connects together, uh, or, or or with many connections between them. That that is probably a point where we get to that realistic attack surface. So I, I think it's good for customers to be aware, not to over panic on this issue, um, but also to ask good questions of the vendors and, and investigate, you know, how seriously, you know, vendors are taking uh, security of their vehicles. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride, 
Visit AmericanMuscle.com today. The, the worst doomsday uh, idea, I guess, would be some, uh, some who knows, foreign government, a plot and, that could take over a whole fleet of cars and make them, say, floor the accelerator and the brakes don't work or something like that, right? Sure, a absolutely. If you had a, a what we call a zero-day vulnerability or a vulnerability that has not been disclosed yet in a vehicle, um, whether it's a third-party component in the vehicle network itself um, that translated across their fleet of cars, you certainly could have some type of a distributed attack that, that could be pulled off. Um, and, and that's a very possible scenario. We kind of joke sometimes, uh, we look at the movie, uh, what's the Vin Diesel movies, um, Fast and Furious, and, and Fast and Furious 8, I think it was, had a pretty uh, kind of comical Hollywood-type scene um, where uh, the, the hacker takes over, you know, literally a fleet of like a thousand vehicles and crashes them all together. Well, you know, they're showing like 1970s style yellow taxis in New York in that. So um, there's a little bit of hype there, given that there's not a lot of uh, smart features uh, from the cars from the 70s and 80s. Sure. Um, but the the concept is is actually still relevant. And, um, and and you see concepts in there that are very possible, especially as we see uh, more and more of these features added to cars. So not beyond the scope of possibility to have remote start capabilities or driving policy being dictated remotely um, vehicle unlock and and um, you know electronic and, and uh, mechanical components being affected uh, again it's 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 kind of a growing threat um, but but one that's not so far off from the the Hollywood pictures that we see today Steve uh, one other thing you you work for a company uh, does your company have a, a public pr uh, presence or are you behind the scenes and could we um, offer uh, a suggestion for the public to go and find on the internet uh, what what you do specifically, or or, or is that not part of, of your uh, your reach out program, so to speak? Yeah, Advanced Start Research is a very public entity within McAfee. We are kind of the public research arm, and um, and you can certainly follow our blogs on all these topics, um, our our Twitter accounts, and and our social media. Um, so we we're very forward with the type of research we're doing, and we'll publish results on everything we're finding. Um, in addition, we have kind of a state of the art lab here in the Oregon, uh, Portland, Oregon facility where I work, that kind of show showcases and highlights uh, some of these issues, including autonomous vehicles, adversarial machine learning some of the concepts we've talked about and, and as well as threats in a number of different areas so we'd welcome um, the public to kind of follow along with the work that we're doing um, McAfee as a whole is not cl uh, classically known for uh, you know investigating uh, automotive security for example but it's part of the reason why as an offensive security research team within the larger company we do this kind of work so that we can find out where the threats are coming and uh, and build offensive uh, capabilities around them. And you guys get together with automotive uh, manufacturers to help guide them or, or suggest to them what to do? We do from time to time. We have a lot of relationships with, uh, with vendors and manufacturers specifically those that produce the actual components that go in a large number of vehicles. So we tend to focus less on the vehicle manufacturer themselves and more on those who are building the components that go in multiple vehicles I see. And, and helping kind of guide that posture and advise on some of the security issues. And, and I think you'll see us uh, investing a lot more time in this in the year to come here. Steve, we know you have a very uh, busy schedule and 
obviously you just have a vast amount of knowledge. So I know I learned a lot in the last 20 minutes. So so thank you for enlightening us on, on your areas. We want to thank Steve. Say it for us, Steve. Steve Povolny. Uh, You're one of the few that's gotten it right twice thank, in a row. So thank you to you and thanks for having me. Thanks for being our guest. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to sharing your information on our podcast. And uh, all the best. And um, enjoy the day. Thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Thanks, Cheer, gentlemen. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast is presented by americantrucks.com. americantrucks.com is staffed by passionate professionals who thrive to provide you with the best Ford F-150, Dodge Ram 1500, Chevrolet Silverado 1500, and GMC Sierra 1500 aftermarket parts and accessories, all available at the best prices. Visit www.americantrucks.com. The Weekly Driver Podcast also gets support from the podcast Off Track. James Hinchcliffe and Alexander Rossi, top drivers in the Verizon IndyCar series, are co-hosts of the Pop Culture and General Interest Sports Podcast. They provide unique perspectives as drivers racing their way to the upper echelon of open wheel racing. Guests include top performers in many industries, including John Green, Pat McAfee, Tony Stewart, and Jeff Ross. Hincliffe and Rossi, who have also been reality TV stars, discuss their whirlwind schedule and provide racing updates. Listen to Off Track today on Apple iTunes and on all other major podcast platforms.